0: Every year in my town, there's this fantastic crafts in the park. It's always a day before Mother's Day, so it's fun to go and shop and get lots of cool stuff. At any rate, I came across One Earth Body Care, and it changed my life. Now, you may think I'm being hyperbolic, but I'm not. I am extraordinarily smelly, and I have tried every natural deodorant under the sun. Nothing has worked except for their fantastic natural deodorant. They have a variety of scents. They are non greasy, cream based formula, baking soda free. Magnesium hydroxide keeps odor at bay. And let me tell you, it sure does. Organic and gentle, and they have wonderful, enchanting essential oil aromas. My favorite is Vanilla Rose. There's Vanilla Spice, Lavender Lime, Lemongrass Cedar, Sage. They also have wonderful shampoo bars, Changed My Daughter's Life. Her hair looks amazing in conditioner bars. They have wonderful salves for dry skin and so much more. So please check them out at OneEarthBodyCare.com. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Health Power. If you listen to the show, you know that I have a lot of food sensitivity. So I love a book. When I can find recipes that I can eat, and my daughter doesn't eat dairy, and her girlfriend has celiac, and so there's always something. So this is the perfect gift for me, and I bet it is for you as well. It is so fabulous. Easy, allergy-free cooking, simple, safe, and everyday recipes for everyone. 100 meals for gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan, and other diets with the wonderful Kayla Capiello. Kayla, welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's great to have you on. Your book is fabulous and I made so many recipes. We're going to get to all that. Super fun. So in the interjection, you write, quote, a few years ago, I was running around doing whatever I wanted in my mid-20s thinking I was invincible. I certainly was not eating healthy. I was absolutely pretending it didn't affect me. (laughs) Newsflash, this way of living was affecting me. Kayla, talk to us about what you were feeling physically during this time.
1: Oh, gosh, for sure. So I feel like specifically this time was college for me. It was right. like I was spending all my time with my friends. We were going out, we were eating simple dinners, we were drinking beer, we were eating pizza. And it just seemed really apparent the next morning that I was having a lot of struggles that all of my friends weren't. I mean, like a hangover is one thing, but I, I felt know. like mine was like more health related than just feeling kind of under the weather when you're hungover. And after years of feeling that way, once I graduated from college, I actually started looking into it because I knew something wasn't right. But I felt like in that moment, I tried to just dismiss it because I just wanted to be normal. And like everyone else and looking back, that was a huge red flag.
0: Yeah, it really is. You know, my mom started getting sick with severe food intolerances, around age 40. I mean, severe, where she got covered head to toe in rashes. She lost a ton of weight. She was eating like chicken, brown rice and broccoli. And that's it. I mean, it was bad. So when I was 25 and I ate some, you know, enchiladas and all of a sudden I felt like I swallowed nails. I was like, oh crap. Ah, you know, like, like oh my God. So It's really scary. Yes, it really does. Yeah. Talk to us about yours, how, how that felt. And yeah.
1: I feel like my first kind of experience with it was the nuts, because I'm Mm. not allergic to peanuts, but I am allergic to some tree nuts. So specifically it's almonds, pistachios, hazelnuts, and walnuts. Um, And my first experience I was visiting, I was in high school, I was visiting a friend in college and we had some pistachios. And I just, like you said, I had no idea. I popped in the pistachios, like it was no problem. And then all of a sudden I was like covered with a rash, like my lips were puffy, they were swollen, and it got scary really quickly in a moment where I never even thought about, oh, should I try these pistachios? Like it just didn't occur to me. Yeah. And I think that what- was oh, kind of my first experience with like allergies. But then as I said when I graduated college and really started deep diving into what I was eating and how it was making me feel, because I knew something wasn't right. Yeah. I think those kind of came on slower. It was like my doctors were telling me, why don't you cut out gluten and see how you feel? Why don't you cut out dairy, and see how you feel? Why don't you cut out both and see how you feel? Kind of like more of an elimination diet. And right. that happens much more slower than what I was used to with the nut allergy. That's so severe and it happens so quickly.
0: Right. Now, did you go and get diagnosed with an allergy? Did you do any allergy testing at that time? Or were you still like, I'm too young for this. I just I just want to have fun because I get that.
1: Yeah. So I wanted to do that, but I knew it wasn't the right thing to be doing. So I yeah. did. I started at my allergist and she was able to double confirm what I had found out years ago at my previous allergist about the nut allergies. So I already knew that You know, I once had that. It's still valid because it's good to go. They say every, like, I think five to seven years to get retested. She was not able, though, to help me with I'm celiac and I'm lactose intolerant. So she was able to test me for if I was physically allergic to wheat and physically allergic to like milk. But other than testing me, because people have those allergies, but being lactose intolerant is different. So I had to go see like a gastroenterologist who was able to like look at my whole gut and test for everything that could be related to a gut issue. So she started out by first doing the celiac testing, which for me consisted of my dad has celiac. So we already knew it was in the family. I got tested for the gene. And when I did have the gene, she had me like totally cut out gluten for months and kind of see how I felt. I would go back to her. We would review everything. So it was more like after I knew I had the gene and it ran in my family that we just did an elimination diet and went from there. Um, I wasn't feeling better in the beginning of that elimination period. And that's when she tested me for the lactose intolerance. That's a physical test. You drink basically a huge jug of what they call lactose, and then you breathe into a tube for it's like every, it's a, it's like periodically. So it goes right. over like three to six hours, and you breathe into this tube every set amount of minutes. And they're able to measure what you're breathing. And she immediately called me back and was like, "Cut out all dairy." you're lactose intolerant, like, of course, I can take a lactate. But she was like, for the purpose of continuing with the gluten and eliminating that you want to make sure you're not feeling effects from the lactose intolerance as well.
0: Now, were you pretty overwhelmed when you found out you had celiac and lactose intolerance? I know there's this sense of like, there's nothing to eat, you know, but there's a lot of things. But at first,
1: it feels like that, right? Yeah. So at first, it feels scary because you immediately start thinking about all the things you are eating that are part of that group. So, okay, shoot, I can never eat pizza again. Like, it's the dairy, it's the gluten. Like, okay, pizza's out. Okay. What about pasta? No, wait, pasta's out. So that was like an immediate scare for me. But as you go along, you realize, which is kind of how I got started in all this, like, how can I remake these meals into a way that's like approachable and like safe for me? So how can I remake a pizza that's gluten free and it has a dairy free topping and it doesn't make my stomach hurt and it's not made of nuts. So you kind of find your way. But I remember in the beginning being super overwhelmed. Yeah, it is overwhelming. It didn't help in the beginning that I was like a week out from traveling with my family. We were going to Uh, We went to England, we went to Germany and we went to Amsterdam and it was like, how am I going to now take everything I know about the way I'm eating, completely change it and be able to like survive in a country where English isn't their first language. So that put like an even heavier, like blanket across how scared I was.
0: How did that trip go? Were you able to find things that you were able to eat and enjoy?
1: Yeah, for sure. It was really eye-opening actually to see how Europe kind of takes on their allergies. All of their menus are very clearly indicated in a way that I almost felt in the United States, it didn't have it. If you go to a restaurant and the menu is labeled, I feel like it's a huge win. You're like, yes, this is exactly what I need. But I felt like when I was in Europe, every single restaurant did it and it was really easy to rely on their key. And I just I mean coming back from that I felt so comfortable in reading a menu even if it wasn't in English. I had these little cards that you know you could give to someone just in an emergency if they didn't speak English like here's what I'm dealing with like can you help me and I never had to use it because all the menus were so clear.
0: Oh that's really good. You know yeah. I heard in an interview with you that you had studied creative writing I think as a minor which I love cuz my daughter wants to study creative writing and I love that you wrote this wonderful cookbook, and it's very creative as well. So talk to us about how you think your creative writing background, or do you think it played a role in your writing this
1: book? Oh, for sure. So when I actually selected the creative writing background, it wasn't even in a capacity to write a book or a novel or a cookbook. It was more in the capacity. I you know, it's years ago now, but I majored in fashion design. And I was like, Oh, if fashion design doesn't work out, I would love to write about fashion. And then once I started taking those classes, I was so into the creativity it gave me that I was like, Oh, even if it's not fashion, you know, writing is so therapeutic. It's as soon as you start writing, you're thinking about like, all the things you wish you said, and now you can put it down on paper and organize it in a way I couldn't organize it in my head. So I think when I started applying that to writing my recipes and my cookbook, it was great to be able to say, here's this recipe I came up with, which is also a creative outlet, but here's exactly the way I can make it you know dairy-free, gluten-free, nut-free. I do have high cholesterol, so I focus a lot of times on low-fat recipes too. So it was so, like I said, therapeutic to kind of organize myself in that fashion for something I was struggling with to make it better.
0: Yeah, it's really amazing, isn't it? How you end up with these things that seem like limitations and they end up fueling this career that you had never imagined, I'm guessing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I I never (laughs) pegged myself as someone who was going to go into something related with food. You know, obviously the creative writing did help me out at this point in my career, but it didn't, it was not like the direction I intended in the beginning. And it's so interesting how I really tried to make lemonade out of lemons. And it definitely worked out. And it made me feel good about myself because in the beginning, it's so isolating knowing, Hey, I have these allergies or these restrictions. Like, can I continue to socialize the way I was? And now that it's 10, 12 years later, it's great to be like, Oh, not only did I conquer it, but I also helped other people along the way too.
0: Yeah. See, Kayla, that's amazing. I want to jump into some of the sections in the book. You have, what do I keep stocked in my kitchen? And you talk about how to lay a healthy foundation with a backstock of foods. What are some of those foods that you definitely always have in your kitchen and that you recommend other people have?
1: So a big thing for me, and I know a lot of things, a lot of times with gluten-free people as well, is you cannot order Chinese food. It is so <laughs> tough. It's not only is it, you know, if you get noodles, you can have gluten, but it's also the soy sauce. You can end up having gluten too, and you just want to avoid right. all that. So I think for me, I try to keep a pantry that's stocked with coconut aminos, gluten-free soy sauce, um like sesame oil, rice vinegar, things that I can make homemade takeout. So on a Friday or Saturday, if I just want that feeling, if I would have ordered Chinese food, but instead I know I have this pantry that I can look up a Chinese food restaurant or I can look up a Chinese menu and be like, okay, let's remake this at home. And I know that I gave myself the tools to do that. Yeah, Um, that's huge. I also really try hard to keep it stocked with like any kind of rice. So brown rice, white rice, cauliflower rice. So if I want to make, you know, on a Sunday night, I want like a cozy casserole. It's like I already have those healthy bases set for me because I'm already stocked with things to make a healthy meal and it forces me to use them since I have them.
0: Yeah, that's true. Now I'm a big fan of substitutes, as are you. And you go over some great ones in the book. You've got dairy free vegan cheese substitutes. You've got gluten free, nut free bread and grain substitutes, you've got egg substitutes for baking, milk substitutes for cooking and and et cetera. Can you share just a few of those that you that like are your most go to for some of these things
1: that you make? Sure. So, one of my huge ones is I am not anywhere near allergic to eggs. I'm totally fine digesting eggs, but I know a lot of people aren't out there. And like they do have cholesterol, they do have fat in them. So, when I'm baking, I try really hard to avoid eggs. And my favorite substitute is mashed bananas or oh, applesauce yeah. instead of eggs because it gives it more of that like healthy. Twist where you would have used the egg, but instead, like, here's a banana or here's an apple, and you're able to like add more nutrients to the baked goods. Cause I know baked goods are not always the healthiest. Yeah. But by using a healthy, moist substitute, it tastes Very similar. It's not going to be the same, but you know, deep down that it's healthier. So it's a little less guilt at the end of the day when I have two instead of one.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm really weird about the flavor, anything having to do with bananas, but I love the applesauce. And I remember years (laughs) ago, I I can't remember the brand, but there was a a baking mix that it called for apple, like a brownie mix. It was Mm gluten-free and it called for, you can use applesauce and oh my gosh, it was so much better. So, yeah, that's,
1: that's a great yeah. substitute. And now that it's fall, you can also use like pumpkin puree instead. Ooh,
0: pumpkin. So if yeah. I just
1: want to make like a quick brownie mix, and you're right, it's a store-bought one where it says two eggs, I'm just going to substitute like the pumpkin puree instead. And you use a quarter of a cup of oh. whatever puree you're using for one Thank egg. Thank you. I was about to ask. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's so easy to make it like a fall pumpkin flavor and you're eliminating eggs at the same time.
0: Yo, know, I love that. All right. We're going to go section through section because I want to cover some of the recipes that I made. I want to start with your life changing. I love the way you write life changing dressings and condiments. So my favorite were the vegan avocado crema and the chimichurri herb vinaigrette. I love that you have different options for the crema. It could be low fat. You can make it dairy free. I like my fat. So I'd like to find like a higher fat dairy free yogurt, but it was delicious.
1: Oh, thanks. That's what we use all the time. Um, My husband and I are always making things like we had chili this weekend. We love to make any kind of like Mexican or taco or enchilada (laughs) bake. (laughs) So it's so great to be able to mix something together that reminds me of this Fatty, like creamy crema that you would have gotten yeah. at a restaurant, but in a more healthy, like at home way. So you're right. Yeah. Like sometimes we do it the dairy free route. Sometimes we do it the low fat or the fat free route with the different yogurts, or like you could even use sour cream too. And it's a mm-hmm. great way to like mix in a healthy avocado also.
0: Yeah. And if you don't have almond sensitivity, sadly I do, but if you don't, I get from my daughter, my husband. There's so many great uh yogurts and other things i think there's a yeah. cream cheese as with uh almonds i mean it's it's pretty incredible what they've done definitely wasn't the way it was when i was a kid going to the health food store where everything smelled like carob and cardboard <laughs> we've come a <laughs> long way since the 70s let's just say uh, <laughs> now what are some of your favorite life-changing dressings and condiments
1: So I'm a big person who loves to dip in any kind of condiment. So if I'm having chicken fingers, I like to dip in honey mustard. If I'm having french fries, I like to dip in any kind of sauce. So I have in there a sauce that's perfect for french fries. And every time I make french fries, I'm using it. But it uses barbecue sauce and... Um, mayo. It's called campfire sauce. Oh yeah. Okay. I saw that So one. that's one of my favorites. It's like every time I'm making French fries, I just want like this smoky mixture that's not too unhealthy and still tastes like maybe I got it from takeout, but it's actually easy to whip together because you all I always have mayo and I always yeah. have barbecue sauce. So just putting it together with like some hot sauce on top if you want it to be a little extra kick for the day. I I make that one all the time. Um I also have in here, it's called a gold rush sauce. It's really similar. Um, It's half barbecue sauce and half honey mustard. And again, if you want to add the hot sauce for a kick, you can. But when I was in college, we used to go to wing night all the time. And they'd have that barbecue sauce, honey mustard combo on their wings. And I just, I thought it was like the greatest thing I had ever had. So be able to make that at home in a healthy way that yeah. I know is safe with condiments I trust, was huge for me.
0: Oh, that is awesome. Now, in the section food before the food, I am addicted to my air fryer. I use it every single day. I was telling my husband the other night, I honestly don't know what I used to eat because I'll get frozen vegetables, <laughs> put a little avocado oil on them, put them on, make a burger or some chicken or some sausage. And the sausage and pepper skewers, oh my goodness, those were amazing. It's like the sausage oh. just like plumps up in the air fryer.
1: Yeah, that's a great one. I love a crispy sausage. Ooh, I'm more too. of this kind of, you know, get a sear on the outside, have it on a skewer. Like there's no yes. sauce to make it, you know, not soggy isn't the right word, but I love right. when it's like a crispy <laughs> edge around the sides. Me too. to make it in the air fryer, I even now like if I'm not making it as an appetizer, I'll still make that recipe and then I'll throw it on top of like a salad or, you know, in a wrap because I just love how crispy the air fryer gets like any kind of sausage, whether it's vegan sausage or chicken sausage. It's just that's definitely like one of my favorites in there.
0: It's incredible. And you've got the barbecue chicken dip. And again, you've got dairy free options, lower fat options, lower sugar options, vegetarian, vegan. I mean, it's really that must take a long time. Do you have to do a lot of like mixing up and tasting things to get it just right?
1: Yeah, for sure. A lot of the ones in here are ones that Because the first cookbook is like you've been thinking about these recipes or making them like your whole life. So that dip is one of my favorites, but it's one of my friends' favorites too. So every time I get together with the girls, like we're always making a version of that dip. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I tried to think back and be like, okay, like when was the last time we made it dairy-free? How did we make it? All right, let me make it again and like test that. Okay, how did we also make it? Like Vegan or vegetarian, or how did we use that low sugar or sugar free barbecue sauce? And I knew in my head that we had made it all these separate ways, but it was fun to go back and test them all and be like, okay, you're right. Like we did really love it this way, but on a different night, we made it this way and it was really great that way too. So it's a lot of testing. It's a lot of trial and error. Like sometimes I have the idea and I make it and it doesn't work at all, (laughs) but it was fun to test all the different dietary restriction ways I could alter all these recipes along the way writing the cookbook.
0: Oh, yeah. And I want to move into breakfast on the sweeter side. So I mentioned earlier, I love anything pumpkin and not just during the fall. Your pumpkin pie French toast was amazing. Now, I can't have peanut butter, but I'm a good mom. I love my husband. So I made them the peanut butter, <laughs> the one, the chocolate peanut butter French toast sticks. I was very jealous, but I had my pumpkin <laughs> ones the day before. So I'm fine. But what are some of your favorites? And tell us about those two as well.
1: So that pumpkin pie one is actually one of my favorites. And I'm not even kidding you. I made it this morning for breakfast. Oh, my God, I, so just, funny. I love anything pumpkin, anything <laughs> pumpkin spice. So I feel like that one's a I mean, it is a fall one, but am I yeah. making it all year round? Absolutely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's um, so good. Oh, go on. What else is in here that I love?
0: I know you're, we are really creative and it's so. Really I really delicious. like
1: out of the box dishes. So right. I guess like the French toast, any of the French toasts in here are like, I love French toast, but they're all like Mm -hmm. a different play on the same idea. So like even the double chocolate French toast, that one I make Mm -hmm. all the time as well because it's the same ideas like your traditional nostalgic French toast like as a kid, but instead you're adding chocolate chips on top. You're adding cocoa powder to it. You can use sugar or you can even make it like with a sugar-free substitute. So I love getting that. I'm home from school. It's a snow day and we made French toast feel, but kind of elevating it now that I'm an adult.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Now moving on to savory breakfast, you've got wonderful things. Mix and match avocado toast, uh, healthy spinach and egg, loaded mashed potato waffles. That was So interesting. I haven't made that one yet. Breakfast tacos and low carb taco casserole. So, Mexican food is my favorite. So, of course, I'm going to gravitate. And the low carb taco casserole was so good. And then I got to use the vegan avocado crema again. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so <laughs>
1: see, it's so versatile. You can honestly yeah. use that crema with everything. <laughs> yeah, I But that them. one is one of my favorite. I mean, finding yeah. cauliflower hash browns was life changing for me. Because mm. sometimes you'll get to a grocery store and all the hash browns have wheat in them. And I'm like, it's yes, just a so potato. I like don't understand. So finding, I mean, there are gluten-free hash browns out there and do I buy them? Yes. Do I love them? Yes. But for this one (laughs) to find the cauliflower ones, I knew that they were gluten-free and I knew it was like a low carb way to add some more texture to this casserole. I love eggs, but sometimes I'm a bit weird about the texture. Like there has to be some crunchy involved. And this was like the perfect way to create that crunchy crust.
0: Oh, good. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that about hash browns because there's a place near me They had the best hash browns I ever had. But after I eat them, I sometimes feel kind of crappy. And I was like, you know what? I should ask if they have gluten in them.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh,
0: Right? Just to see. Uh, Moving on to loaded non-boring salads. Oh my gosh, (laughs) there's so many to choose from. Now, I love steak and I love chimichurri. So I went back to that. But the next one I want to make is a chicken salad with spicy ranch. What are some of the ones that you like best and you'd recommend?
1: Oh, that one is a good one. I would make any of those any day of the week. But one of my favorites is the crispy buffalo Caesar salad. Mm -hmm. I'm such a sucker for a Caesar salad. I just think it's one of the best dressings out there. But for (laughs) this one, I love it because there's like no meat involved. The crunchy texture that I love so much is potatoes in this recipe. So I, I make these crispy, spicy potatoes. And instead of it being a recipe that you would normally use, let's say, like a chicken cutlet or any kind of breaded chicken for that crunch. Instead, now you're getting the crunch from the potatoes. And I feel like it just, it works for everybody. Like if you're vegetarian, if you're vegan, it's everyone's getting the same meal in the sense that it's just potatoes. And it's, it's one of my favorites.
0: I love potatoes. Now with the Caesar salad dressing, that's usually dairy, right? So what kind of things do you substitute for that?
1: So it is dairy. Um, I personally buy the dairy free version of it, like when I go to the grocery oh, okay. store. Um, at Primal Kitchen makes a good one in case oh, anyone I love needs brand suggestion. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I also buy um, like if I'm if it's a week where I'm okay eating dairy, but maybe I want to be low fat instead. Um, I think it's called Creminis. I don't want to like mispronounce Sounds it. Familiar. But they make a really good Caesar dressing, and they also make it in a light option. So I always have both at home based on. Whatever I'm feeling at the moment, you know, I wish there were a lot of like dairy-free substitutes that were low fat as well. Because a lot of yeah. the times for dairy-free substitutes, they're using like coconut or cashews or some sort of nut, so it tends to be right. a bit higher fat. So I kind of like bounce back and forth between the two. Like if I'm eating something with dairy but it's low fat, I take the lactate to help myself feel better. But right, if I can use the dairy-free version without it being too high in fat, that's cool too.
0: Yeah, I totally get that. Now, I love quick meals for lazy nights. So, if you listen to my other podcast, which is Bully Girl Magazine podcast, I'm obsessed with pit bulls. You know, I was like, I've got to get a show where I can talk about my pit bull blue all the time and it doesn't seem strange in the middle of the health show. So, if you, I would recommend you check it out. It's awesome. It's not just pit bulls, it's Frenchies, it's English bulldogs, it's regular bulldogs, it's pugs, it's, you know, any, and we talk about all dogs as well. But at any rate, uh, I make a lot of ground turkey. Because my Pitbull Blue has a sensitive stomach. So his diet is ground turkey, cooked turkey, acorn squash, and peas. So there's always a ton of cooked turkey in the fridge. So I was like, oh, this is great because I can make your ground turkey, uh, sweet, excuse me, your sweet potato and ground turkey tacos. I see a theme here. You <laughs> can like, Lisa loves tacos. Uh, and I also love roasted vegetables because I love to make them in my air fryer. So I made the roasted vegetable tacos with the lemon garlic aioli as well. And they were so amazing. So... Good stuff.
1: Yeah, I love a good taco. I could honestly make a different taco every day of the week and never get sick of them.
0: Yeah, me too. So, so true. Now time-saving casseroles and bakes, and this is something we're all looking for. Once again, I got that turkey cooked. So I am always looking for a good turkey chili recipe because my husband doesn't eat red meat and I do, and my daughter does, but he likes to make a big pot of chili. So I said, let's try this one. Let's just, you know, try something new. And it was so good. This is Andrew's weeknight turkey chili. So tell us about Andrew. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. So when I wrote it, Andrew was only my boyfriend, but now okay. He's that's, I was
0: wondering. Nice.
1: <laughs> so I kind of like you were just talking about, I grew up not eating red meat. My mom never ate it and never cooked it. So I grew up more with like, you know, I guess turkey, but it was a lot of chicken. And when I met Andrew, he was like, no, you need to try new things. You need to try like chilies. You need to try casseroles. You need to try. And he's really big with this turkey chili and he meal preps it almost every week and he loves Mm. it. And honestly, when we started making it, I was really hesitant about the ground texture because ground meat was like never my thing, but now I'll eat it any day of the week. It's great to make like On a Sunday, we're watching football. It's fall. It's cozy. And then we have the leftovers. Um, We didn't make this turkey one this week, but we made a shredded beef one, which is almost identical to this one, just the change of meats. We made it on yesterday, on Sunday. And I can't wait until the leftovers for dinner tonight because it's just so cozy. And it makes a lot without putting in a lot of effort.
0: You know, it's funny what you say about your mom, because my mom was a total health food nut in in the 70s and 80s. And when we, she did make beef once in a while in spaghetti sauce and she would cook the beef and then she would let the fat harden and then she would take it off. Then she'd put it in the fridge overnight and then she would do it again. And then she would do it again. I'm like, oh my God, mom, the beef was so dry. Can we have a little fat... It's like, this is insane. So yeah, I did not have, I did not have much beef growing up. So when I make it, it is fatty and I love it. But again, everybody's different. Everybody's different. That's so funny. Yeah. You know, you always, sometimes you want what uh, you didn't get. Now I did not make any of these, but I want to, this is, it's not takeout. It's fake out. Oh my God. Pizza. You've got Korean style ground Turkey and green beans, spicy pepperoni and hot honey pizza, white pizza with zucchini. Oh my God. This all looks amazing. Um, My weird food sensitivities, unfortunately, it's not just like I have a gluten sensitivity, any flour that's ground really well, like I could eat a sprouted bread of any kind much easier, but it just makes me tired. So if I'm going to do this, it's like it's going to be a Friday night. I'm not working the next morning. I can sleep in. It's okay if my head feels like it's full of bricks. I'm doing it. So (laughs) you're like, well, that sounds fun. Uh, But at any rate, I'm very excited to make these. So which one should I make if I'm just going to have one for a special
1: treat? Oh, gosh. If you're just going (laughs) to narrow yourself down to one. I know. They all look so good. For me... Probably my favorite one is the orange chicken, just because, like I said, it's so hard to order it in that by the time I felt like confident in the recipe that I had created to execute that same Mm -hmm. flavor and that same profile of what I would have gotten at a Chinese restaurant, I was like, oh, I'm making this over and over and over I mean, yeah. I really, truly had no idea. <laughs> like every time I saw in the grocery store, I just could not understand what people bought orange marmalade for. Like, are you putting it on oh, the yeah. toast? Or are you putting yeah, it on Yeah, I never bagels? tried it. It just wasn't for me. But by the time I made this and I realized that that was such an asset in the grocery store to help you get this thick orange flavor, I was absolutely yeah. sold. And don't get me wrong. Now I am putting it on bagels or putting it on toast because it's in the house and I tried it, right. but this was definitely like my introduction to buying orange marmalade for the first time.
0: I've never tried marmalade in my life. I don't know why. I just, I'm not a big jam person. So I'm thinking if I don't like jam, I might not like, but my daughter loves orange chicken. So I definitely need to try that. Now I'm going to, we're going to jump into desserts. Oh my gosh. Healthier desserts and treats. So I love pumpkin. I love chocolate. So for a treat for myself and my family, I want to make the uh, mini chocolate chip pumpkin breads. I want to try a lot of those recipes. They all look so good. What are some of your favorites?
1: So definitely the mini pumpkin breads are one of my favorites. I actually Mm -hmm. made it last week um and i I made it like a little more chocolatey. so instead of using the full two cups of gluten free flour, I used one and three quarter cups of gluten free flour and added a quarter cup of cocoa powder to make them like a more chocolate base. but that one i the same thing it has mashed bananas, applesauce, and like pumpkin puree i I love all those things, so I'm making that one all the time. But I also make the healthier oatmeal apple crisp pretty often too. I feel like that's a big one that a lot of my family always requests when we're going for the holidays, yeah. Thanksgiving, Christmas, any kind of like weekend get together. That one reheats so nicely and it's so easy to just throw it together that I think that's a fan favorite, whether you're gluten-free, dairy-free, or just someone who's like eating alongside and has to eat my dietary restrictions with me. <laughs> that one is definitely one of my favorites.
0: Oh, okay. I'm definitely going to make that. It's getting cold here. So I'm going to make that this weekend. Now, since the holidays are coming up, I want to talk about your make your own dessert board. First of all, I just want to reach in
1: and like eat everything off that plate. It looks (laughs) so good. What do we got going on there? So I'm a really big cheese board fan. If I'm going somewhere for the holidays and I'm in charge of an appetizer, I'm definitely bringing some sort of a cheese board. But like I'm also putting nuts on there. I'm putting fruit. I'm putting vegetables, dips, like a little something for everybody. But when I'm asked to bring a dessert and I really just want to make a board like that, now I'm substituting all of the dessert items that are my favorites. So I love to put any kind of chocolate on there. I love to put granola bars. I love any kind of flavored rice cake. I'm also putting, you know, popcorn on there. I'm putting dried fruit on there. So it's really just kind of a vehicle to grab all of your favorite desserts or all of your favorite sweet and salty snacks to put together in a nice presentation in a way that it's not just one cake where if someone can't eat cake, they're kind of left out. It's yeah. here's a bunch of snacks. And You know, there's a little something for everyone. And I think that's usually the easiest way to please everyone who's at an event with a different dietary restriction without going too far out of your way to make like one thing that applies to everybody.
0: Yeah, that sounds fun. I'm going to have to crash your holidays. Who's that woman at the door? Oh, (laughs) oh, crap. That's Lisa Davis. (laughs) cuz we barely do anything. That sounds incredible. I do make latkes though for Hanukkah and I do make Ooh, them without I do make them without any flour. You don't need the flour. Yeah, you don't. You do need the eggs though. Yeah, but for... you don't need the flour and they are <laughs> absolutely that's my favorite thing about uh, the winter is making some latkes. You are so fabulous Kayla and I have to say your Instagram hey. is stunning.
1: I mean Oh, thank you so much. So beautiful.
0: <laughs> I you have so many followers and I'm not surprised. The food is gorgeous and it looks amazing talk to us about how much time that must be a lot of time right to like put all these things together and take all the pictures
1: for sure it's definitely time consuming but like i said before it's definitely been like therapeutic for me um great i was actually doing it side by side of my Normal full time job up until two months ago. And then I ended up just switching over recently to doing this full time. Oh my and God. I think congratulations. Honestly, it's, thanks. It's been like the biggest blessing because I can focus on creating more recipes a week. I feel like a lot, I get a lot of messages that people are like, Oh, I made your taco casserole or I made your enchiladas and it was so great. Like, do you have more things like this? And I wanted to be able to say yes. And it was hard with a full time job to be able to do that. And all my cooking at the same time. So I did go full-time and I used all that time to create a weekly meal prep plan. Yes. That I stand I'm so glad out you brought that On Fridays. Yes. It's actually, it's been so much fun. I feel like I use Substack, stack. Um, so you nice. can sign up. You can either subscribe for the paid subscription, which it's cheap. It's like a dollar an email. So it ends up being $4 a month. Oh, um, yeah. And you get five full gluten-free and dairy-free Meal prep ema uh meal prep recipes each oh my week gosh. so then on Fridays you know you have i Email a grocery list. It's all really easy. You can just pop the email up while you're at the grocery store, get all the ingredients. And then I usually make two or three of those items on Sunday and then I portion them out for the whole week. So whether I'm eating them for dinner or I have them portioned out if I need to bring them for lunch somewhere, it's like all simple. It's right there in front of you. And then you don't have to do any of the guesswork like, am I making a recipe that's gluten free or is this going to bother my stomach? It might not be dairy-free. Nope. It's all done for you. Oh my gosh. Easy awesome. packaged and sent straight to your email.
0: Oh my God. Okay. First of all, I got to get that <laughs> because my daughter is dairy-free. Like I mentioned, her girlfriend is gluten-free. She's over a lot. And my mom's, I mean, my mom, my daughter's like, mom, eating a pan again. You know? She's like, oh, I put <laughs> a little salt on it. Come on. We got vegetables in the air fryer. She's like, ah. Oh. Get that cookbook, you know, because like I did all this cooking and she was so happy. And then I got busy and she's like, mom, what happened to those wonderful things you made? <laughs> Why are we eating a rotisserie chicken and vegetables again? Well, yeah. listen. <laughs> moms get busy. But the thing is, they really don't take a lot of time, which is really yeah. nice too.
1: And I think that's like such a great way to like connect with the people who follow me. It's like, yeah, I am doing this for my full time job. But like, I don't have a lot of time at the end of the day either. And I want a simple recipe that I can throw together in the morning and just pop in the oven at night. Like I'm blogging all day or I'm chatting with people. I'm helping people plan their meals. And it's like at the end of the day, I want that simplicity too. And I think it's when you're feeling it too, it's really easy to deliver something you need to other people as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, Kayla, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you were hoping we would cover? And of course, I want you to tell us how to get the book and follow you on social media so we can all enjoy the wonderful sure. things you have going on.
1: Yeah, so definitely follow me on Instagram and TikTok. It's at Kayla Cappiello. Um, On there, I have a link to com, which is my full blog website where you can get all of my recipes You can follow me at Kayla Capiello on Substack for my weekly meal prep plans, and you can get my book, Easy, Allergy-Free Cooking, Simple and Safe Recipes, every day for everyone on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or at Target.
0: It is fabulous, and you are fabulous. And everybody, please follow me. You can see my dogs. You can see some healthy living stuff at Lisa Davis MPH on TikTok and Instagram. And please go to Bully Girl Magazine podcast. Go to the YouTube page. If you want to see the cutest puppies you've ever seen, almost every person I interview is holding up a puppy. And just keep coming back to Help power. So glad you're here. Have a great day.